Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is Druggish for the People. This podcast will contain my feelings and opinions and uh, stories from from my practice in pharmacy, but none of this should be taken as just hardcore fact. This is more about stimulating questions that you can then take to your pharmacist and your doctor and your healthcare team uh, to help you better understand and participate in your care. And once again, just a little reminder, if you're looking for medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, you won't find it here. You need to use your healthcare professional for that. Today, the people is Olivia. Thanks for being here, Olivia. Thank you. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon to you. <laughs> Do you have a uh, question you want to ask or something you want to talk about I, today as the people? Yeah, I would love to hear about Ozempic, this drug that has been all over social media. And I know it's made to treat diabetes, but it's been used for some other purposes. Right. Um, and this is not an unusual thing for drugs. Like when Ozempic came out, it was great stuff for treating diabetes. Um, the primary endpoint, which is what, you know, when they're trying to discover something we can use as a medication uh, and what what is it supposed to do? It's supposed to improve a diabetic, type 2 diabetics, A1C, which is this sugar that's in your blood will stick to red blood cells. And so this is like a three-month accumulation that it kind of measures. And it was supposed to lower that, and it was successful at that. Now, the secondary endpoint, which ends up being a side effect from this, was weight loss. And that's where all this uh, press that that it's getting uh, is, is coming around. Does that I make I think, yeah, I think that makes sense. How does it actually work in the body and why is it causing the weight loss to occur? Right. That, and, and that's a really good question. So what it does, in diabetes, a person's in type 2, there's a few things that can be happening. So the, the, the thing I think it's important to realize is like we're in balance. You and I right now, our bodies are just working to stay in balance. That's the amount of oxygen that we have in our blood, our blood sugar levels, uh, the pH of our blood. And then we have, so all these systems are set up. They're like, there's a feedback system. Like you got too much sugar, you got too little sugar, um, that kind of thing. So thinking of it that way, what the Ozempic does is works three ways in keeping a, a balance of sugar in your system. Um, when your sugar level starts to go up and it's an injection, you would take like once a week subcutaneously like insulin. Um, because if you took it orally, it would be destroyed by your stomach. You couldn't. So this is what it does. Okay. It will um, stimulate insulin release in the pancreas when it's appropriate, when that sugar level rises. And then your your liver, on the other hand, that balance that we talked about, it produces sugar. So it will slow the production of sugar there. And the third thing is, and this is applicable to this use as a weight re um, reduction, is it slows the gastric emptying. So what would that make you feel like? Stomach, stomach distress. Yeah, full. Yeah, actually, it does cause that. It's GI distress, so it's um, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, some gastric bank pain is possible. So, how does it work to like stop the weight gain? That's a, that's a really good question because it's a it, it really mimics a hormone that we have. But one of the presumed and proposed actions is it's just kind of makes you. It makes you feel uh, nauseous and that kind of thing. And so you lose your appetite. It also, that slowed gastric emptying, people report, you know, this is 
can be really dramatic. And, and so they kind of lose some of the pleasure that comes with eating. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of bi- biofeedback going on there. And that, again, this whole thing is set up like you would have a slowed gastric emptying when your sugar level is going up. It's like, slow down. We've got to try and keep up with this. Does that make sense to you? Um, yeah, it's starting to. Um, it's kind of demystifying this magical drug appearance that it's having on social media right now um, and in pop culture where we're always looking for the magic pill right. or the the secret easy weight loss method. And this is kind of seeming to be the most recent it is because it seems easy, you know, and it's not these things they, there are side effects. It works in the pancreas. So one of the side effects is pancreatitis, which is really serious and uh, thyroid tumors and um, hypoglycemia. So if a person who's not diabetic is taking this, they really need to be monitored closely. Uh, and it did come out as a, as a medication indicated for weight loss, um, Wegovy which has a little more of the drug in it, but it's still that there are other comorbidities that should be in place. Like a person's a diabetic heart issues where it's really important to lose some weight, but yeah, people glom on like, I want to lose some weight. And and so whatever it might be, there's, there was a drug that came out a few years ago called Zenical um, or Lestat's the generic name. And it would just inhibit the absorption of some fats and that kind of thing, which sounds like a good idea. Doesn't it? Good idea. Right? Yeah, kind of, but isn't fat sort of healthy for your good point? Yeah, so vitamin supplementation, that's awesome. I mean, but like the um the one of the you know, the side effects are uh diarrhea and really loss of control of bowels and this kind of thing. And Yikes. because you're not absorbing that stuff. So I mean people go to some drastic measures and there's others there have been stimulants, you know, amphetamines and um they're really not able to tolerate being hungry at all you ever think about that <laughs> it's not fun it's not fun <laughs> yeah but i i like watched the nature show about a lioness and she had a couple of cubs and she's out on the savannah you know it's like she had a kill and then it was like a week i thought well, she had to be hungry for an entire week and taking care of two little ones and um it just seems like people we've gotten to where um there's i think there's this animal this is just um blue sky and we're just <laughs> going for it here but like topics are getting bigger <laughs> uh, that we have these this being alive thing this uh, you know there's this animal side and that when it's time to eat and you've got something to eat you eat it all and and then you know you find something else to eat but now we can just go to the to the grocery store anytime we want and get whatever we want and um Top of the food chain problems. I, it is top of the food. It's a very good. That's that's good. I like that. Like I remember my Aunt Martha, and it's where my mom grew up. Out in the country, there was a pump, a water pump in the kitchen. So if you wanted to get some some water, you had to go in there and pump it. And so to make a cup of coffee, you have to then go out and, and grind the coffee, and you got to pump the water, and then you got to you know stoke the stove to get the kitchen warm and get the, the water boiling and um, there's a lot to do to make that all happen. But now it's like, I wake up and I'm like, how come the coffee didn't start? What's going on? <laughs> so I think that we've become, had this 
we sort of sedentary evolution into where we like have we don't rake leaves, we blow them, and um, everything is kind of automatic. And then we join clubs and get our exercise. And somehow, I think into how we feed ourselves and how the body responds. Like I, it's been speculated that diabetes became more prevalent because so much sweet stuff, so many sugars that are so available, and the high consumption. Your pancreas is like. A, a huge influx of the sugar and it's got to respond and it's challenging. So anyhow, these things like this Ozempic is mimicking a hormone. And I think that's a serious thing to do. There are people who need that, but I have a little bit of a problem with people just popping and, you know, getting onto this stuff. For weight loss. Yeah. Strictly. Just strictly for that. I think there's, I know. Yep. Can, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sounds a bit risky and. Uh, not a healthy way to lose weight, but it's very interesting. It seems to be, you know, it's appearing to be that magic pill. So it's kind of good to hear that it comes with some <laughs> rough yeah. potential side effects and it's nothing to play with. It's not. And it's a drug that's really, really valuable and useful for diabetics. And another another benefit that's that's come up with it is that it were for people with cardiovascular issues, uh, previous heart conditions and this kind of thing, it will prevent strokes and um, that kind of thing. So it's it's a really, really good drug. Um, I've heard that there's a shortage. There is. It. Yeah. I've, and that's kind of evolved with this, this increased demand because of this. And then the other thing, and there's, this is maybe not quite as exciting as that, but like independent pharmacies, really are not carrying it because they're not even getting paid wholesale for the drug and it's fairly expensive. So they're getting paid like 10% less. So they lose money. So then people who go to an independent pharmacy, they're not able to get this product and it's not always covered if it's for weight loss and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, that, that shortage is twofold. It's that a lot of pharmacies aren't carrying it. And then this increased demand is caught the manufacturer off guard a little bit. Well, that's very interesting. And if you could dumb all of that down <laughs> in a nutshell, how it's it's taking the sugar out of your blood, right? The, the Ozempic? Yeah. Okay, we'll just go back to that real quick. Three things that it does. It will stimulate your pancreas to release insulin when there's sugar level rise, which is really great. That's mimicking this hormone. And it will, your liver, it produces sugar. So not just what you take in, but it's producing it. So it'll stop that. So two ways here, we're getting insulin produced to take care of the insulin or the sugar that's coming on board. And then you stop in the, in the liver from producing it. Uh, the third thing is to slow the gastric emptying. So there's three things, liver, uh, your pancreas, and the GI tract to slow that gastric emptying. So you don't get a real high rise in the sugar level. It just slows it down. So you probably don't remember this, but so like this slowing down of the, uh, of the GI tract is kind of like, it reminds me of the Lucille Ball skit that was she and Ethel were, were uh, working on a wrapping chocolate or something, candy in the chocolate factory. And um, they started out real well. Uh, and then things kept speeding up till they had to start eating the chocolate and stuffing it in their pockets and throwing it, I guess. I don't remember exactly, but, um, so the, 
Ozempic would actually slow the conveyor belt down <laughs> so that you wouldn't have this rapid influx of all these calories. So if that helps you at all, um, but that's that's what we're doing here. It has to do with the processing of the foods. You, does that make sense? Then it's got yeah. a three-pronged effect. Yes. So that's that's what it does. It's just it seems a little odd to me, and this that one of the side effects, the the GI distress, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, but it might be why the drug is actually working. It's just a side effect because when you look at the studies, like sixty four percent of the people lost so much weight, and you'll find that like ten percent of the people lost weight when they thought they were getting it, and so there is you once again it's this belief in it. And it definitely has, a, you know, it has an effect, a pharmacologic effect, but um, I don't know that just jumping to it. I know lots of, there's some famous people that have done that, but uh, there's always this risk benefit thing. And so people get kind of cavalier with prescription drugs and they're prescription because they, they're dangerous. There's some monitoring needs to be going on. So um I, I just don't think that's a great idea. It's a risk benefit. How much do you really need it? If if someone has some of these comorbidities and the doc's like, well, it's either gastric surgery or this, then I get that, you know, to, to try and lose some weight yeah. that way. But but just like, oh, I got to lose some weight. I don't want to really try too hard. That's, I, I think the uh, abuse potential is kicking in just due to the pop culture influence but the abuse potential for for ozempic for yeah. using it like that yeah i think that again it's that attitude like i'm just gonna do this uh, and it's just you can't be that cavalier about it but i, I do want to mention that like for drugs come out for one purpose and they end up being approved for something else this is using it as what's called for for weight loss ozempic for weight loss is like off-label use and then you get will go be and it's approved for weight loss with some other conditions present. But these off-label uses occur um, not infrequently. Like I, I was thinking when I first got out of school or shortly after, like minoxidil was used for uh, blood pressure. And they were finding like, hey, these people are growing hair. So guess what it became? Rogaine wow. for hair growth. Yeah. And um, – for there was a treatment for pulmonary hypertension, and they were they were discovering discussing something or discovering excuse me something else, and you might be able to, you might know what it is when I tell you what drug it became what it be, was used for it's Viagra, uh-huh. that was a side effect. Da da, look what's happening. Hey, I got an idea. And then they made a lot of money. So that was another one. Um, there was um, valproate or valproic acid. And your face is all red. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but anyway, this drug was for petite mall seizures. And Depakote was the trade name. And it's been used for years now in uh, bipolar people with manic uh situation with that and so it, it's a mood stabilizer and it's used frequently for that it has a lot of drug 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 interactions so you have to monitor for that but um it kind of goes on i remember a couple of years ago we had a patient at the hospital who had intractable hiccups and he had congestive heart failure and a number of other things and had tried thorazine had tried a lot of products for it and all this 
things, the interventions you might do non-pharmacologic and Thorazine didn't work, which is off-label use for that. And um, so I discovered baclofen and talked with a physician and um, we used it as a muscle relaxant and it worked completely off-label. So there, it, it, it happens. And so with Ozempic, not sure where it will get because again, it's a hormone. We, weight loss things have been, like I talked about the Xenical to prevent absorption and then amphetamines and things like that, stimulants, anything to stop the appetite. But this, this is a hormone and this is affecting how your body manages the sugar. So I just think it's a really smart thing to consider the, the broad range of things that are occurring with this and that you need to have an actual discussion about whether that's something you need to do. Well, this has been very eye-opening, taking the, you know, magic kind of out of it, which is good, um, just because it seems like everybody wants that magic pill and might be helpful to know that it's, it's got not, a lot of other stuff yeah, going on. It's not magic. No. And it really is good. Just to, like slow down, take a look at this. Um and I, you know, when I said like people have no tolerance for being hungry, I do think there's something like, have you ever worked like a day and you, it gets to the evening and you're like, I forgot to eat lunch. Not too often. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. That's happened to me. Happened to me one time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I forgot to eat lunch. I ate a big dinner. <laughs> I don't miss. You don't miss. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I do think we've that somehow um, as a society we've evolved into minimizing the physical parts of just being alive, and then the food's so available, and then we have these problems. Yeah. So I'm saying uh, maybe everybody needs to just rake their yard instead of using blowers. Fix it, Dan. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> I did. There was one more recent use or potential use of a drug when COVID came about. Um. People were looking for anecdotal evidence for any cause or effect. You get a patient and why did this one person recover and this one didn't and anything they might have been on, we were looking at and thinking, does this have ability to slow the virus down? And so hydroxychloroquine, which was an anti-malarial drug originally, and then it was also used for uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, I believe as well. Um, and I'm not sure about lupus, but rheumatoid arthritis for sure. But anyway, people started throwing around the idea that this was what was going to cure the uh, COVID and the coronavirus. And, and, and it's just really wasn't all that effective. And it has some really significant side effects. You know, there's some heart issues you have to really monitor. And um, so I think that, I'm pretty sure there were just docs out there who were willing to, yep, here it is. Um, and that's, again, that's not... You have to look at risk benefit and that risk, you have to look at what what the drug will be intended to do, what's what are the chances it's going to be effective, and what are what are some of the things that you have to be careful about? How's that sound? Are you good? Lovely. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been good, hon. I appreciate you yeah, being nice. here. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, yes. And I appreciate you all for listening. This has been and will be Druggists for the People.